And hello. Hey there. Welcome to Binge Mode, Brian. The Binge Mode, Jordan. Which Binge Mode the is Book it? Book of Mormon Binge Mode. That's right. So, <laughs> we're ready to do this episode. I'm ready to do the episode. What, are, what, you, are, what are we doing this episode? We're doing Alma 7 through Alma... Is that right? 8 through 15. 8 through 15. You're we close. finished 7. We're going through We 15. did 7 last time. Super fun super fun stretch of, of chapters here. Really nothing goes wrong. Yeah. Really, really just... <laughs> Some uplifting stuff. Okay, uh, should we jump into abridgment? Let's abridge this. Abridging the records. All right, Brian, I'm abridging today. Woo. So last time, Alma decided to go teach the people. He wasn't going to be the lead judge anymore. Mm -hmm. Just going to be the uh, priest, high priest. So he goes to teach the people of Gideon. He does pretty well there. Mm-hmm. He teaches them many things that cannot be written. So like arts and crafts and origami because <laughs> they're visual it means. really needs to be taught doing <laughs> yeah. it. It'd be a waste of space in the Book of Mormon to write it in there. <laughs> it's, it's a real misuse of space. Okay, Alma goes to Melek. Also has some success there. Baptizes some Melek people, some Melekites. And then, it's not going to love this place. He goes to Ammonihah. Yeah. Ammonihah. <laughs> and and the people in Ammonihah are not having any of what he's dishing out. Mm-hmm. They're like, look, dude, we don't believe the same way you do, and you also aren't the chief judge anymore, so we don't have to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you gave that to Nephi, huh? So basically, we don't have to listen to you at all, which was a good argument, but then they made themselves into real douchebags by starting to spit on him. Look, Ammonihah, you can just like disagree, <laughs> but they kind of take it to the next level. It gets awesome. a little bit worse and worse. Okay, Alma walks away, he's real bummed. But then, an angel appears to him, and Alma's like, no, don't make me dumb again, that was the worst. (laughs) (laughs) And the angel's like, no, Alma, be happy, I have great news. You know that place that just kicked you out? God wants you to go back, (laughs) or else they're gonna be destroyed. Which is not a great argument, because it's like... Oh, the people who were mean to you, if you don't go back, they'll get destroyed. <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, all right, then I'll keep going this way. On my merry way. <sighs> also, the- when you say that the angel's like, you have to go back, I just, in my mind here, lost. We have to go back! I didn't watch enough Lost uh, to understand. Well, it's a great reference. I'm spot on, Brian. best references. <laughs> um, okay, okay, okay. Alma, so Alma goes back to Ammonihah. Huh? And he's really hungry. And so there's this nice gay, <laughs> nice guy. Maybe that was a Freudian slip for what happens <laughs> later on with this nice guy named Amulek. This becomes a real bromance. Alma and Amulek. Alma, Amulek feeds him. Alma stays with him for like 10 days. Mm-hmm. They just like hang out. And then Alma's like, Amulek, this was so very nice of you. You know how I'm going to repay you? Well, you get to come preach to all those people that hate us with me. And Amulek's, like, so on board for that. Alma and Amulek go and start teaching the people of Ammonihah. The people are not super into it. They want to cast them into prison, but they can't because, like, God's protecting them from prison. Amulek tells the people that an angel appeared to him, and that's why he gave Alma food, which is not, again, he's trying to convince the people that Alma is a prophet. Yeah. He's like, he's a prophet because an angel came to me, and, like, we don't believe you either. Why? Are, <laughs> that's not an argument for us. Um... Okay, so then people 
start to try and trick Amulek into saying something wrong, basically. But the scripture says Amulek is able to read their minds, which is a crazy cool spirit power. Um, he immediately calls them perverse after he reads their minds, which I think if you read anybody's mind, they would probably call them perverse after. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, so nobody's able to fool him because he's able to read people's minds. Uh, Alma and Amulek keep preaching their little hearts out. They say that these lawyers are hypocrites. I think basically what's going on, they're like tricking people into breaking the law to get money for them coming to court. Is that what's kind of going on? Like, yeah. is, that, is it already like a privatized prison system kind of? Similar, but I think I think the idea here is just that they're getting paid more the more art, like clever arguments they have. Doesn't... And then for, I mean, you'll probably get to this, but then we come across like this section where they're like in the middle of this intense story and they're like, and here's how currency yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, I get to that. We'll get to the currency. <laughs> I'm going to spend 20 minutes on that. Um, okay. So they're basically saying these lawyers are hypocrites. There's lots of bad stuff about lawyers in here. Um, and then, oh, you you caught it right on cue. Mm-hmm. And then it's a good time to set out the Nephite monetary system. Seons, <laughs> yeah. shums. Ezrom's sickles and galleons. <laughs> sickles and galleons? Yeah, they're in there. They are? No. Oh, I was gonna say, what are you talking about? But it's so it's the most confusing thing. It's like a shum is half of an Isram, but an Isram is twice the Sion, so if you have two shums, that makes a goat. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It probably does, but I didn't read it that hard. Um <laughs> So my, my dad, he came back from Central America. Um, he has lots of cases down there. He's a lawyer. Uh, and bad, bad scriptures. Bad, bad guy. Uh, <laughs> he came back um, from uh, Central America, and they have some of these, I think, just for the Mormon tourists, which they're like little, um, almost like Russian dolls. You know how like they have like those that go in? But like, so each one fits in the next one and the next one and the next one. Uh-huh. And it has like the, the whole like, monetary shams and shams yep you should make a graphic design it made me want that of like how the monetary system works with like them connected and stuff okay i'll do it i think that'd be cool that's a good infographic hashtag infographic hashtag info dot graphics dot com backslash book of Mormon bitch mode never mind okay <laughs> now moving that's on a call back to a former <laughs> podcast we're not priestcraft here we do not get fake sponsorships no yeah we don't get <laughs> fake <laughs> Um, we are completely funded by Ezrams and Shums. Uh, okay. So they set up this monetary system. Then Zizram rears his little head. Zizram's a local guy, very smart. The scripture says he's an expert of the devil's devices, which to Brian would mean Samsung devices. Um, so Zizram talks to Amulek. He's like, I'm going to get Amulek to mess up. He's like, so Amulek. What if I gave you 60 gold aunties to say God's not real? <laughs> and Amulek's like, no, that, that was your plan to give me money? Uh, so Zizram is like, okay, plan B. Then he asks some questions about the nature of the Godhead, which actually they are kind of, because he basically gets to the point of like, you're saying there's just one God, but then you're saying the son of God's coming down and can do things. And I'm like, he kind of has a point here. It's crazy how many people who are considered the villains of the Book of Mormon have, like, really good points. Yes. <laughs> um, but some of his other stuff probably wasn't right, but that was one that I thought stuck out. Let's see. So Amulek basically just sticks true to his guns. Season I'm really frustrated. 
And then Zizom starts shaking, and then Alma's like, I'll take a shot at him too. <laughs> then Alma rebukes him for like a chapter. Um, Alma then kind of pushes Zizom aside and preaches to all the people. And then he says at one part, he reaches his arms out and said, Now is the time to repent, for the day of salvation draweth nigh. This is Sparta! <laughs> or something like, something like that. That's kind of interesting. The visual of that one was really interesting. He stretched his arms out like this was like his big call to action. Um, people didn't love that. So they actually tie up Alma and Amulek now and imprison them. Zizrom, as they're imprisoning him, realizes that he was wrong, even though he's kind of right. Um, but he's like, hey, these guys didn't really do anything wrong. We shouldn't imprison them. And they're like, Zizrom, you're saying things. You must be possessed by a devil, which is really interesting logic because they're saying because he believes in God, he must be possessed by a devil, mm-hmm. which is like, they just don't like any deities at all, <laughs> good or bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's So so here's uh, where things get real bad. Yeah. Am and I, they're being jerks. They're being little douchebags, mm-hmm. spitting. And it, it kind of feels like just surface level bad. Like, oh, yeah, they're kind of mean. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, whoa. they are evil. Um, okay, so they say so they say whoever believes in God's going to get cast into a fire. And so some people leave, but leave their women and children behind, like always happens for some reason. And they start throwing women and children into the fire. Yeah. And they're making... In front of Alma and Amulek. Amulek and Amulek are watching. Mm-hmm. And Amulek is like, can't we, like, save them? Can we use any of our powers to save them? And Alma's like, no, we have to let them do this bad stuff. And then Amy, like, rightfully so, is like, you know, that means they'll probably burn us. Mm-hmm. And Alma's like, nah, we'll be good. Um, we got this. We'll talk about that later. So they put Alma and Amy, like, back in prison. And they, as they're in prison, people are coming and mocking them. They're sending all these priests and teachers to, like, ask questions. But they're just staying nothing. Like, they're just being silent, which is pretty cool. And the people are mad. They're like, dudes, answer. Can't you see that we can throw you into flames? And they stayed silent. They started beating them. They started mocking them. Then finally, on October 12th, 81 BC, it gives us an exact date in here, which I think is interesting. It does? It says on the 12th day of the 10th month in the 81st year. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. So we just, 10 days ago, was uh, the anniversary. 2000... Twenty one hundredth anniversary, almost of this, like almost on the dot. Yeah, isn't that? I thought that was really weird too. That stood out. I'd assume they have the same months as us. I don't know how long our month system goes back. The D- Gregorian <laughs> calendar? I don't know. That's I a good know. question. I'd, I'd love to look. That so up. yeah, so it says tenth day, twelfth day of the tenth month, October twelfth. It's very specific. They a bunch of people come to the prison, and they're like, "If you really are of God, then you better show us." And they're beating them. They're mocking them. They're spitting on them. And then uh, this part is really epic. Like, Alma and Amulek just slowly stand up. And then they burst out of their bindings. And people are like, oh, fuck. And <laughs> I didn't say the whole word. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and so the earth starts quaking. And the whole prison implodes on itself. And everybody dies except for Alma and Amulek. Outside the city, everybody heard the noise and was like, what just happened? And then they see only Alma and Amulek standing there. And they're like, we're going to get the F out right now. And the, and the scripture says like a goat and then her kids flee from a lion, which is so crazy. Um, 
Everyone fled, except for this brittle old man named Mr. Glass, who was very curious as to how they survived when everyone else did it. That's a deep cut. Okay, so Alvin, how do you like get out of there? They go to Saddam, is the only pronunciation of this place, so Saddam, which is where many people who left their women and children to burn are now staying. Um, probably not all of them left him on purpose. I don't think. <laughs> so Zizram, the I'm guy. Sh- just real quick, I'm pretty sure they cast them out. That's true. They cast them. They out. cast them out, and so and then they, they kill their they women and children. And they couldn't go back. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. Um, so Zizram, the one who originally tried to bribe uh, Amulek into not believing in God, is there, and he's really sick. But if you remember, he actually redeemed himself, and he told him that he was wrong. So Alman Emi goes speak to him. He basically tells him he's a believer now, and he's immediately healed. Zizram gets baptized. Alma sets up a church. And then our two bromance friends, Alma and Amulek, ride off into the sunset together back to Zarahemla. Mm-hmm. That's abridging. Such a happy, happy story. It's really, really depressing. Yeah, super depressing. Okay, righteous anger. Righteous Anger. So on this week's Righteous Anger, I just want to talk a little bit about predestination and some of the traps that we in the church can fall into, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, can fall into when we believe that things are supposed to happen for a reason. I think that we get way too into this idea that everything is laid out in our lives already. It's just a map that you follow. I don't like that idea. It takes away our personal responsibility to do righteousness. And you can blame pretty much everything on like, well, it was supposed to happen. Right. I think Amulek in this chapter has a really good point. He, when he's like, why are we not going to help them? What I think is cool is Alma understands that's not how it works. And it doesn't, it doesn't work not because God's like this mean guy that just want to intervene, but because he's like... This is not a set thing. Like, they get to kill people, and we can't do anything. The only thing we can do, and and I think when Amulek says that he wants to be thrown into the fire, or he says they're going to throw us in, is he's like, okay, well, at least we'll die. Because, like, if they get to go to heaven, I don't want to have to just watch this, and then us not. And he's like, maybe, but probably not. Right. Um, It really reminds me a lot of, and I know a lot of people are probably sick and tired of this, of the Game of Thrones idea um, from when, um, when Jon Snow after he has been resurrected, is like, I don't know why. Like, why was I brought back? Right. And I think Alma's kind of like that, too. I, you never get a sense that Alma has exactly um, what's going on in his mind. He's just like, I don't know. Maybe they'll kill us. Maybe they won't. But, like, we can't do anything. Right. And so I, I really like that because it has much more applicable to our daily lives in that righteousness is not a way to save people from heartache and, and being righteous and having God on your side actually doesn't prevent pretty much anything from happening. And I'll talk a little bit later in AP Mormonism about how, like, imagine being Emma Smith and Joseph Smith and having, like, four of your kids die. Like, that's not cool. That's not, like, uh, that's and that's that's what's so heart-wrenching for me in these chapters is, of course, women and children being killed in a fire is, is horrific. But believing especially amulek believing like wait we're on the right side god should be able to save these people like i saw an angel you saw an angel where's that angel and and what i think is important for us to remember in the church is like there nothing is preset everything is up to us and our own choices 
God will not be frustrated in that his plan won't be frustrated, but that doesn't mean that righteous people won't die. And it, it doesn't mean like things like uh, when we talk about global warming and people are like, well, Christ will come. So we just are going to trash the earth. It's like that's that is not how that works. This is not a set path thing where you can just trust that everything will work out. The atonement is supposed to say after you do your best, which won't be enough, you can kind of rest easy. You can you can be assured that it'll be OK. That's not the same thing as we don't have to care because the, this is a fallen world and we just have to go through the fallen world and just endure it till we die. No. You, there, there's always the the impetus on us to be fighting evil, to be doing the right thing, to help other people. And when we see people who are suffering, like Alma and Amulek, I don't think either of them were like, this is fine, I don't care. They would have liked to have done something. But there's nothing they could do. The kings had them in bondage. And sometimes blessings for people who are sick don't work. Actually, I would say the majority of the time... People who are sick are not healed because that is against the way the universe works. When people are sick and then they die, that's not an indication that God was not with them. It also is an indication that, oh, this was supposed to happen. There's predestined that this person was supposed to die on this day. All of, all of this is to say that, that this part of the Book of Mormon I think is very important for everyone to read. And that it's like, this is not exactly a happy story. Neither will be life. Life is filled with heartache and trials and terrible things that are hard to comprehend. The only way that you can get through that is to say, we will do the best we can. And I love that Alma says that basically is like, yeah, maybe they will. Maybe we'll die tomorrow. Maybe there's nothing we can do. But until then, we're just going to keep trying. And and their silence after that. And a lot of people, you know, I, I think there's one way to interpret their silence after that is this kind of like stoic heroicism, like biding their time. Uh-huh. I take it as like kind of numb. They're just kind of numb. They're like. That was horrific. I think that makes more sense. Yeah. You know, and then and finally, when they rise and they they leave, I don't think they are the ones that caused the jail to to fall. And and how cool the moment is, and I want to get out of the mindset that it's not cool because it is cool. <laughs> it's also traumatic for them again, right? They're sitting in the middle of a jail, and all the people who've been beating them up are instantly killed. And again, you would go, "This is a crazy existence," especially to them. They've seen an angel. They feel like they're like. Wow, I see how every part of that was supposed to happen. But how could was that good for anyone? A bunch of righteous people died, a bunch of wicked people died, and what what's left? Um, I think the one kind of redeeming part of this scripture is Zizrim. That is a guy in any other part of the Book of Mormon probably would have been killed by some cool thing that God did to him to make it be like, yep, he was not righteous, then he died. Right. But we're in Alma, where that's not the case. There's not clear winners and losers here. Right. He's a bad guy, and he was like... Yo, I, I change, you know, like I, he is a story of repentance and I, I love that. I also think it's very interesting and we'll get to it a little bit later about how the chief ruler of Ammonihah is a follower of Nehor. And it's like, well, yeah, that's cause, um, and like most of that city believes in Nehor. Yeah. Remember yeah. who killed Nehor? That was Alma. 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 Right, 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 right. And so you start going, oh, he has to witness the, his bad decisions, and I, I'm not saying again that that Nehor was good and they should have, but like him killing Nehor brought about the destruction of these righteous people. Yeah. Um, and that must have been hard for him to watch. Again, Alma's life is incredibly difficult, and I admire him deeply. So that's not as much anger as more as just kind of like an affirmation that like life sucks for everyone, righteous, wicked. It's just hard. Yeah. <laughs> the best we can do is to say it will it will work out okay. But that does not absolve us of the of the um, the the responsibility of trying to do what's right and trying to be better people. 
Um, and I, I think that, that a lot of that comes through here. So that's righteous anger. Nice. Some somber righteous anger. Some somber anger. <laughs> so like me. <laughs> likening the scriptures so brian my likening the scriptures today comes from the part in our story where alma is really sad he just got kicked out of ammonia and he's just walking around the roads with his head down that bling blong 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 is playing from charlie brown and then an angel appears to him and cheers them up. So this made me think of some experiences in my life. Mm-hmm. So like one time when I was probably in second grade, I had to go to the bathroom really bad. Um, but I was a person who hated to be late or not follow the rules and recess was ending. And I was always like number one in line to line back up to go back inside for recess. So I held it and I held it and I even sat down cross-legged in the line, which was weird. People were like, why are you sitting down? I was like, cause I just feel like sitting down right now. <laughs> and I wet my pants. Oh, that's and quite an interesting story to tell on a podcast. I, yeah. And I tried to, I stood up and it, I wet my pants so that all the wetness had gone down to the butt of my pants because I was sitting down. <laughs> And one of my friends, Whitney, she was like, did you pee your pants, Jordan? Like, she was, like, worried about me. She was my friend. And I was like, no, I just, I went to the bathroom and I sat down in the toilet and I forgot to take my pants off. It was crazy. Um, But the whole day, (laughs) (laughs) that's really what I said. Whole day, was just really, really, really sad. Mm -hmm. Another experience, I was in seventh grade. Okay. I had a graphing calculator okay. that we had rented. Um, you know, you rent them for your classes, but okay. they're like, don't lose these. They're very expensive. Texas Instrument, TI-89, whatever. I went and performed uh, the guitar for a talent show that I did not get accepted to. But while I was performing, somebody stole my backpack with the calculator in it. This made me very sad. I remember I was laying in my room, staring at the ceiling, and my older brother came in, and he knew I was sad, and he said, hey, are you okay? And I was like, I lost my calculator. And then he said, are you going to kill yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately concerned. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. That's not funny. Okay, another experience. Yeah. I was really sad that time. Uh-huh. Another experience, I was a missionary. I got my, I got in trouble for emailing the wrong people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, I don't know if you were involved yeah. in this, Brian. You were, I was. Um, anyway, mission president called me in, said I was a dink, yeah. D-I-N-K, <laughs> revoked. My email privileges, which is, was the only thing that was indefinitely. Hang- indefinitely, he said. I don't care if you need to get your blood tested. You're not getting near a computer, <laughs> which is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, very sad, very depressed that day. And you might have been with me. I remember, yeah. We went and walked on the Permian Panthers field afterward. 
really sad. Held hands. I never thought I'd be able to talk to my family again. So that was an experience where I was really sad. Um, basically, what I'm getting at is I was kind of hoping that if I told these three really sad experiences, that an angel would appear to you. That an angel, <laughs> it didn't work though. But that's just kind of how I was applying it. Because <laughs> I was really, I'm really sad now yeah. recounting these. I, the last one really gets me because that was my fault entirely. <laughs> Jordan was doing me a solid trying to trying to like if let's just say it was like a metaphor like trying to get a gopher out of a hole so you put like traps or you put a bunch of food out in every gopher hole and be like well if all the gophers come out one of them is the one we're looking for that was what Jordan was doing with email yeah for a girl I wanted to respond yeah and it backfired because I email well and I didn't want people to know you were involved yeah so in my email I said I've stolen Brian's contact info (laughs) And I've emailing all these girls because he just won't stop talking about the specific girl. Yeah. One of the people I emailed told her dad, who was a bishop, uh-huh. who then told the stake president, who uh-huh. then called my mission president. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's kind of crazy about that story is, well, I mean, not only I, I mean, I went in, I was like, listen, <laughs> I was like. Let Jordan have his email privileges back. Take mine. You really did do that. I did. We both had him revoked for a little bit. Yep. And he, so instead of revoking them forever for you, it was like a month and a half for both of us. Yeah. And Thanks, we, Brian. we kept emailing, so. Yeah, we didn't ever really stop. Yeah. Um, the moral of that story, though, is that when I came home from the mission, everyone, you know, I didn't know that I thought most people would still think I'm kind of a dink as well. But the stake president who that was told to had me come to his um, like state conference and talked about me and like had me stand up and said and talked about how inspired he was by my story. And I was like, man, life is weird. Like, he, yeah, but if he, I had been there, he'd been like, and as companions stand up, this guy's a real dink. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know, that is a lot like Alma and Amulek's story. You turn to me and you're like, well, I guess we get sent home. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, we're not going to get sent home. <laughs> Alma and Amulek really is a bro. Like their yeah. story of them hanging out for ten days, uh-huh. they're like, "All right, let's yeah. go do this," and they ride back to Zarahemla together. Mm-hmm. And Alma like takes them to his house and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, that's my that was for my, those LGBTQ LGBTQ members out there who are like, "I want a good story to look up to." I think you can have your own little headcanon there. Oh yeah, because <laughs> we never really meet again any women in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> yeah, it's a real <laughs> except that they're fest. throwing people into the fire. <laughs> So, a very anti-woman piece of scriptures. Okay, let's do some AP Mormonism. Yes. AP Mormonism. I really didn't write it. I wrote that, well, yeah, I guess you're right. The stuff I wrote down is that the people arguing often had good points. Yeah. Because even at this point, um, the people, one of the things they say to Alma when he shows up is like, why would God just send one person? Yeah. And you, of all people, like, why would he send you to talk to us? That really doesn't make much sense. Would you agree that this is the most understated story of the Book of Mormon? I'm, I quite, I don't know quite how to feel after it. I don't think there's a clear lesson. Well, especially in the with Ammonihah. They're really, like you were saying, and one of my favorite parts, too, is Zizrom's mm-hmm. arc. Mm-hmm. But really, everybody dies in that prison. Mm-hmm. The rest of the city just goes back to being evil. 
Yeah, like, immediate, and, immediate. Well, and the next chapter we'll get to next week. The next chapter, Ammonah has taken by the Lamanites. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. But and I just again, no winner there. There's no one's like told you. It's like no, that was just a disaster, like an unmitigated disaster. And it's another situation where God tells somebody to go tell them to repent, or they'll be destroyed. Where it doesn't stop it. It doesn't. At like, all. I, very, very. I don't know if we've come across one where it actually stopped something that. Was- and again, that's why I'm like, okay, so Amulek is important, and Zizrim is important, and everyone who got out of the city who believed in God were important, and that is, it's the kind of like. You, you find the, the small, you know, silver linings of like, the, at least those people got out. And so then it's like, okay, maybe that's what Alma had to go back for. But still, Alma didn't know that. Yeah. So. And I think there's a lesson here about like, you can disagree with people, but you shouldn't hurt them because cause Alma and Amulek really weren't, they were being annoying to them, mm-hmm. but their reaction to it is just so crazy. Yeah. And, you know? and I'll, I'll point this out a little bit in my um, AP Mormonism sections. Alma just saved their like entire nation. <laughs> like, right. He just fought on the river city and, and like saved everyone. And right. now they're like smiting him in a prison. Imagine like, I don't know. I just was trying to like think of, of like a, uh, you know, war hero. Imagine like two years after uh, George Washington got out of office, they're like, beat him, beat him. Right. Cause he's a jerk. <laughs> I just kind of wonder how fast word traveled, you yeah, know, like does you people even knew Well, they knew he had stepped down. Yeah, they didn't know that. So, I don't know. Um, and also, they like Alma brings up Lehi again, which is it's interesting when the context of like this was four hundred years ago. But well, and you'll notice that people keep bringing up Lehi, but don't bring up Nephi. That's very it's, true. It's very interesting to me. Okay, Alma eight seven. Now it was the custom of the peoples of Nephi to call their lands and their cities and villages um, of the name of uh, him who first possessed them. It's like so. Waters of Mormon must have been named after Mormon. Not the old Mormon, but like a previous Mormon. There's so many Mormons in this freaking book. Right. Interesting. Um, just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, this is Alma 811. Nevertheless, they hardened their hearts, saying unto him, Behold, we know that thou art Alma. We know that thou art a high priest of the church, and thou hast established in many parts of the land, according to your tradition. We are not of thy church, and we do not believe in such foolish traditions. Like, that sounds like every post on RX Mormon. <laughs> 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 it's it really but to me at this point they're fine saying that yeah like to me that's not that offensive like look no. we just don't believe you well i don't think alma is getting offended either no i don't think so either but i'm saying like when you first start reading the story you're like okay they, yeah. like they don't it's a lost cause but then they go crazy so the angel that appears to alma you gotta imagine alma's like oh not you again that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's the same one it's the angel of the lord that appeared to him where he's like not again <laughs> what did i've done do we know it's the same one yeah. so when it says angel of the lord is mm-hmm. that a specific angel no it says alma eight fourteen. and it came to pass that alma was thus weighed down in sorrow behold an angel of the lord appeared to him saying um well no they like specifically call out that it's the same angel he says i was the one that oh he does yeah. say that okay mm-hmm. Um, Alma eight seventeen. Um, for behold, they do study at this time that, uh, they may destroy the liberty of thy people for thus saith the Lord, which is contrary to the statute, the judgments, the commandments, which have been given of his people. This is actually a foreshadowing of an uh, future, which is that it will become important to the robbers of Gadianton, right? That, that they will go and try to take away the, the freedom of the people as well. Um, uh, okay. Cause again, it becomes pretty apparent that the Lamanites and Nephites are nothing compared to what Gadianton's robbers are starting to do to the place. So right. that's later, but that's a foreshadowing. Um, Alma eight thirty one, And they had 
power given unto them insomuch they could not be confined in dungeons. Neither was it possible that any man could slay them. Nevertheless, they did not exercise their power until they were in bands and cast into prison. Now this was done that the Lord might show forth his power in them. And I was like, this is not a CTR story. This, the reality is that um, there rarely are happy endings in life in this kind of situation. And this is one that it's not a happy ending no, at all. No, not at all. Um, Alma 9.15, Nevertheless, I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for them in the day of judgment than for you, if you remain in your sins, yea, and even more tolerable for them in this life than for you, except you repent. So this is about the layman or the Nephites. Right. And again, it's this idea that more is expected of the members of the church than those that, uh, because they've known the light. When Mormons are racist, they are worse than others who are racist. When Mormons are sexist, they are worse off than those who sin in ignorance because we should know better. Right. That's really what hurts my feelings the most in, in the current political climate is to watch members of the church succumb to some of this stuff. Yeah. And it's disgusting. We are expected to be better than the world. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's pretty clear what happens when we don't. We are, we are much worse off than, than just the rest of the wicked world. Right. So. Um, Alma 9, 23, and behold, I say unto you that if this people who had received so many blessings from the land of the Lord should transgress contrary to the light knowledge, which they do have, I say, I say unto you that if this be the case, that they should, uh, if they should fall into transgression, it would be far more tolerable for the Lamanites than for them. And it's pretty clear when we F up in this church, it is very, very bad. The people who perpetuated the priesthood ban, for instance, have a lot to answer for. For sure. Uh, anyways. Alma 10.2, um, uh, Aminadi, Aminadi, who interpreted the writing which was on the wall of the temple, which was written by the finger of God. Um, and this is Amulek bringing up a story, and I'm like, this sounds like a dope story. Yeah, where is the story? There's no more Aminadi stuff. And again, it's just the richness of all of the different stories. There's some story about how Aminadi looked at what was written on the temple with the finger of God. Right. That's awesome. That's cool. Again, very... Games of Thronian. Um, <laughs> Alma 10.4, and behold, uh, this is Amulek, I'm a man of no small reputation among those who know me. Yea, and behold, I have many kindreds and friends, and I have also acquired much riches in the land of my industry. I own many leather-bound books. People know me. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I know he's establishing, like, uh, you know, rhetorical canon. He's establishing... Uh, Credibility. Yeah, exactly, with his audience. Ethos. Ethos. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Found it. Got this. Communicators here. Um, <laughs> Alma ten seventeen. This is Amulek. Oh, ye wicked and perverse generation, ye lawyers and hypocrites, for ye are laying the foundations of the devil. Yea, you are laying traps and snares to catch the holy ones of God. And I just wish I could have remembered to quote this to seminary teachers back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it would have helped so much. It would have. Alma ten twenty. Our podcast is saving seminary kids. <laughs> Alma 10.26, for behold, have I testified against the, your law? This is they're accusing him of, like, saying that, he, like, to disobey their law. And Amulek's like, for behold, have I testified against your law? You do not understand. You say that I have spoken against your law, but I have not. I have spoken in favor of, of your law to your condemnation. <laughs> and again, that is so a cool. sick diss track. Yeah, so Amulek cool. just laid down diss track number three from Hamilton. <laughs> Uh, rap battle. Cool. Uh, Alma eleven nineteen. Now that an ammunition of gold is equal to three shiblons. And I'm like, this is the most irrelevant and ill-timed. It's so it's right in the middle of yeah. everything. And, and like, again, this story is one of the more somber stories. And it's like, but before we get to the horrific deaths of lots of these true. people. How are we doing conversion currency? Because is it really just, yeah, is it really just to establish how much 
uh, Zizram is offering him. I don't know. Because he tells his 60 aunties thing yeah. later. <laughs> like, you gotta know. There was a ton of money that Amulek money, okay. turned down. Yeah. <laughs> it was like four Shiblons, which is three Ephrons. <laughs> three Zach Ephrons. Um, I don't know. One Zach Ephron's the highest. Alma 11, 28 through 29. And as Zizram said, is there more than one god? And he answered, no. I'm like, Amulek, this is just technically wrong. <laughs> You're just wrong. Yeah, but he doesn't know. He doesn't. Okay, but there you go. Saw an angel of the Lord, inspired, led by the hand of God. Some of the details kind of a little bit shaky on. Yeah. Just I would just point out that that can happen. <laughs> I, I think the Book of Mormon is pretty clear on like, well, they can't all be technically all right because they all have like a different like grasp on what the truth is. Right. So just I like that. I'm not saying I, he's wrong. I'm I just think saying, the sense was that they're worshiping like a bunch of gods like the Egyptians or something. Is that, is that what's going on in the city? Maybe. Right. We don't know. Alma 11, uh, 38 through 39. As you said unto him, is this the son of God, the very eternal father? And Amulek said unto him, yea, he is the very eternal father of heaven and of earth and of all things, which in them there are. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And again, this is technically very confusing. Christ is the creator, but nowhere is he the father. We get around this by saying, well, he was the father of all matter. Like, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. He's our brother. Uh, okay. The truth is we still don't grasp it no. all the way. That's, no. that's really what and, we're saying. And I think a lot of like what we're trying to like, just, just, it's just, it's like a family. It's like, that is the closest approximation to what we can explain how gods work. Right. right? It's a, all of it is a metaphor to try to like let our tiny little minds grasp. Like, yeah, there's this one God who is a son, literally like a giant ball of flame. And then there's Christ who is a man like us. And he came down on the son's orders on Kolob's orders right so it's kind of hard to understand sometimes we do use planets sometimes we use family members sometimes Amulek just is like nah <laughs> single dad parents it, exactly <laughs> cause that's what they understood cause there are no women or there's men no women, mentioned yeah. that's why there's no heavenly mother mentioned because again the people of the Book of Mormon are sexist uh Alma 12, 8, and Zizram began to inquire of them more diligently, that he might know more concerning the kingdom of God. And he said unto Alma, what does this mean that Amulek has spoke concerning the resurrection of the dead? And I was like, this is progress. Instead of stamping the guy into the ground and being like, we're happy that he's dead, they talk it out and they figure it out. So the difference between this guy and Jacob's Antichrist is like, they did good here. They right. did the right thing. Right. Um, really like that. Yeah, I think me that's, too. That's a, a better outcome. I think it's the first real redemption one. That we've yeah. seen where they get better. Because yep. the other one, he doesn't like, even admit Confesses and then dies. Then kills, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was the devil and goodbye. Uh, Alma 12, 22. Now Alma said unto him, this is the thing which I was about to explain. And and again, it just is kind of this funny little, don't get ahead of me, chief ruler. You're getting ahead of the teacher. I was, a, I was about to explain that, okay? Uh, Alma 12, 21. What does the scripture mean with say that God placed cherubim a flaming sword on the east of the Garden of Eden, lest our parents should enter and partake of the fruit of the tree of life and live forever. And I'm like, Chief Judge has a good question. <laughs> what the hell is a cherubim? Yeah, a- why Why was God allowing Satan to tempt them in the garden? This is one of the more insightful chapters because it's like, that's a good question that he's not going to have a good answer for. Right. And he, I mean, he gives kind of a, a milk toast answer, kind of like, well... Like Adam had to fall. It's like, that's not an answer to the question though. Right. It, it's true. And, and, and what you probably should say is like, we don't know, but right. Prophets have a hard time saying we don't know. I mean, they're heated right now. Nobody's going to say, I don't know yeah. at this point. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> th- these rulers are not in the up and up. They're not asking these questions. I mean, they're, they're followers of Nihor. Right. Right. Um, 
Alma 14, 7, and it came to pass that he began to cry unto these people, saying, Behold, I am guilty, and these men are spotless before God. He said, See, you convert the Antichrist, and they become allies. I mean, literally now, Aziz is arguing in their behalf. Right. Uh, and he's getting beat up for it. Yeah. But then eventually we'll be saved from destruction. Yeah. Both in the prison and in the city later on. Um, and they brought, okay, Alma 14, 8. And they brought their wives and children together, and whoso believed or had been taught to believe the word of God, they caused that she be cast into the fire, and that they also brought forth their records which contained the holy scriptures and cast them into the fire also, that they may be burned and destroyed by fire. And I'm just saying, this got very ugly very quickly. And Chief Judge Joffrey, it seems, deserves Right. Well, because we think of the one, you see one child get burned to death in Game of Thrones, and it's like the most horrific scene Uh of the series. And they're doing lots of children mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And crazy. and and not only just people, which is horrific, but then the records, which I don't know who they're who, Yeah, that who, was interesting who are they to me. Owning too. There? I, you know, I guess they're trying to say, hey, we don't listen to We any don't of listen this to anymore. scriptures. And it's like I I just can't think of like a more evil thing to have done. To kill women and children and then to burn records and being like, we don't care. Yeah, they they, go, it they gets are, so crazy. They are the worst part of the book. I mean, even Gaddy Anson, you can say a lot about Gaddy Anson, but at least Gaddy Anson had a, had a purpose. This seems needlessly evil. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, Alma 14.10. How can we witness this awful scene? Therefore, let us stretch our, forth our hands and exercise the power of God which is in us and save them from the flames. I'm like, I agree, Alma. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. you should do that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I know there's lots of emotions for this next verse, but Alma 14, 13. And Alma said, be it according to the will of the Lord, but behold, our work is not finished. Therefore, they burn us not. And on one hand, that's sad. On the other hand, it's just incredibly badass that this is the guy who just defeated the whole land and defended it uh, from the Lamanites. Just mowing down Lamanites. And now his own people are but like killing people in front of him and are smiting him. Right. He is the dark Knight. Like Alma <laughs> is, is the Batman is like the hero we don't deserve. Right. You know? Um, Alma 14, uh, 14 after what you have seen, will you preach again unto this people that you should be cast into a, a lake of fire and brimstone? Behold, you have seen that you had not power to save those who have been cast into the fire. Neither has God saved them because they were of, of thy faith. And the judge smote them again on their cheeks and say, what say ye for yourselves? Now, this was the judge was after the order and faith of Nehor, who slew Gideon. Um, This is some Game of Thrones stuff, some settling political scores. Some like, see, see what happens. There's no God. Right. How many times in Game of Thrones do they say, like, where's your God now? Right. Um, Exactly. But but it never. And the gods of Game of Thrones are very similar to the gods of the Book of Mormon or our gods, which are like it never works like that. It's not this clear, like, because if the if the good were always to prevail, there would be no ambiguity and always good people would prevail. Right. That's not what the gods are trying to do. No. Right. They're trying to save people in a different way. Um, and I think game of Thrones is, is similar in that it's not about their souls, but it is about saving the realm from yeah. the white walkers. Right. It's like, no, we're not going to save people from dying. Everyone dies. Right. Uh, you know, um, the guy in, uh, North of the wall, when he says death is the enemy, it's the first enemy and the last. And Jon Snow says, but we all die. It's like, absolutely. That doesn't mean, we don't. We do not defend. We do not fight death because we're afraid of it. We fight to protect those who can't protect themselves. And so good. I love it. Uh, Alma fourteen twenty five. The power of God was upon Alma and Amulek, and they rose and stood upon their feet. They were silent, and I I took their silences because they didn't want any more innocent people to die in their behalf. 
They're like, you know what? I don't want to preach to them anymore because they're lost cause and I don't want any more people to die in front of me right. because of, of what is going on. And again, that's a very righteous thing. And I think the miracle that happens right after that is because of that righteousness. That's a very interesting, I didn't pick that up, but that's a very interesting lesson that sometimes holding your tongue, like some people go into any situation being like, I'm going to preach mm-hmm. what's right. Like sometimes that's destructive to the yeah. situation and just prideful in yeah. that sense too. And you're wanting to be right as opposed to helping others. Yeah. Um, Alma 14, uh, 26 and they broke the cords, which they were uh, bound. And when the people saw this, they began to flee and fear of destruction had to come upon them. And that's a, yeah, the tide has turned moment where it's like, whoa, yeah. you know? And, and again, if this was a, a movie or a TV show, that would be the moment that the music stops and everyone kind of looks around and it's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's just this incredible scene of destruction. Um, Alma fourteen twenty seven, and it came to pass that so great was their fear that they fell to the earth and did, uh, and did not obtain the outer door of the prison and the earth shook mightily and the walls of the prison were rent in twain. So they fell into the earth and the chief judge who, and the lawyers and the priests and teachers who smote upon Alma and Amulek were slain by the fall thereof. Um, revenge, not by Alma's hand, um, but by chance, but by the universe. It's like Batman says, I, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Um, it's so cinematic too. Now the people having heard a great noise come running uh, together by multitudes to know the cause of it. And when they saw Elman and Amulet coming forth from the prison and the walls thereof had fallen to the earth, they were struck with great fear and fled from the presence of Elman and Amulet, even as as goat fleeth with her young from two lions. Oh, that I, two cra- lions. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's so cool. <laughs> and, and a lot of, again, uh, art in the, in the church. I would love a picture of a, right. of, of a, of prison, like destroyed and two actual lions on a hill that Ooh. that would be a cool picture yeah. but no we're, we're way too literal to get into that kind of oh thing. that'd be so cool um seeing a destroyed prison behind them and two men walking back towards the city is pretty awesome okay uh and lastly alma 15 2 and they related unto them all that had happened unto their wives and children and had also concerning themselves and of their power of deliverance so that's a really hard conversation imagine how do you as a prophet of god tell the families of those killed um, that you escaped by God's hand, but the righteous were burned in the fires. Reminds me of how Emma must have felt about their four kids dying. It's like, wait, God saved you? Right. Why? <laughs> uh, I imagine that was really hard for them. And for I mean, sure. you, you, no one comes out of the situation any any better. And, and I think what's cool about this is just remember this as we continue into the next verses where there's lots more political intrigue. And Alma kind of doesn't care. He's kind of like, okay. Because war and and he's seeing all these horrific things of war, but that's nothing compared to what he's seen just normal people cruelties enacted. Yeah. At least people fighting on a battlefield is somewhat of honor and 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 a sport. This is just evil stuff yeah. going on. And and they're never the same after it. Um, and we're also on a, a a quick descent into the worst the society will get uh, before Christ comes. So yeah. that was AP Mormonism. Nice. Super super chippy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, three degrees. Three degrees. Three degrees of story. You're right, that's a little long. <laughs> okay, what was your three favorite parts? Okay, number three, and yeah, some of these will probably overlap. Zizrum story, to me... It's one of the highlights of a very sad set of chapters. 
Um, so the redemption there, the arc there, and like we talked about, we haven't seen that before, where somebody was like on the evil side and they actually come out as a healthier, better person on the other side. Um, two is the prison falling and them standing there. That's just very maybe some of the coolest imagery we've seen so far. There's one better imagery in the Book of Mormon when it comes to prison. And that's later in the Book of Mormon when right, the fire literally comes out of heaven. And instead of everyone, it's like pr- progress. You know how like Antichrist killed, Antichrist now converted. People in prison killed. People about to kill ne- Nephi and Lehi in the prison later are encircled in fire with them once they repent. Right. And they're all just chilling. Um, so so that's I, cool I like the progression of like less and less of the God of Moses and more and more of like Christ coming through in these chapters. Right. Um, Oh, which cool. which would make sense, right? We're getting closer to Christ. The Mosaic Law is about to go away. Right. It's not no longer an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. It's now, okay, we, we're brothers and sisters. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and my final thing, like really the, the friendship between Alma and Amulek, mm-hmm. just thinking about all they went through together. Like they built this friendship quickly. They went through the worst things possible. They finally have like this nice moment in Saddam where they like – feel like they probably do some good mm-hmm. and then they're like okay let's go home. let's go like to me the image of them riding off from saddam after all this has happened yeah like okay let's go home for a little bit yeah to me that's again, to me it was like really like heartwarming it's not amulek's home yeah amulek's home is is now i mean he can't go Harley. back he can't go back um so something like the power and it's chance to do by the power of friendship yeah. in this thing it's there mm-hmm. through this like awful mess yeah it's a metaphor for the mission it works it's like this is hell this is the worst but at least i have a, a partner to help go through it that's you jordan yeah that's why sometimes we would hang out for 10 days before going out and preaching yeah because sometimes you gotta do that yeah. and sometimes you don't talk for like days because you feel like word mission leaders are smiting you on the face okay yeah. um, you're three Brian. My, my favorite uh three would be the prison falling down i thought it was a very epic moment but it kind of pales into comparison then to when alma turns and says yeah perhaps they'll kill us but i, I kind of don't think so and it, and you don't get the sense that he's like saying that proudly. There's not like oh we'll be fine. It's more like this is like this is gonna suck for a while. Right. <laughs> um. And then lastly, I love this idea that the same angel appears to Alma. Yeah. Because <laughs> that relationship is interesting too. Right. Because I want to know who that angel is. You know how angels are always someone. Uh-huh. They're always someone. It's like well that was and I'm like who is this guy? <laughs> you know who who is appearing to to Alma? Um. Who do I want it he's to legit, be? Like the book of mormon equivalent to a fairy godmother yeah if you appear multiple yes, times he's a fairy godmother yes and what i want him to be is like you know ether you know right. like, oh you don't know what bad <laughs> crap i've seen oh you saw some people burned worms man worms, <laughs> worms. so okay uh tyler liberty Title of Liberty. Okay, winners okay. and losers. This one's, I feel like it's hard to pick a winner in this one. Mm-hmm. I really love Amulek's, Amulek's character mm-hmm. just because the friendship thing again. He's kind of like a Samwise in yeah, this thing. Where for he's sure. like, he, I don't think he knows what he's about to get into. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it's all over, he's like, 
oh, we can't go back home. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And and then later, it's like, when Alma's going to have a hard time, you figure Amulek will be like, no. No, Mr. Frodo. There's some good things in this world. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very... Uh, you know what? I, I want to revise. This is actually... There's some Game of Thrones aspects here, but there's a lot of Lord of the Rings feels. Yeah. Where it's like, this is bigger than us. Like, yeah, there... I mean, I remember when uh, Gandalf says, you know, I, I wish I'd never the ring had never come to me he's like so do all that see such times but it's not up to us it's the right. only thing that's up to us is what we do with the time we're given and I get Ugh. serious serious uh, Lord <laughs> of the Rings feels there for, for sure. sure so I think there's something the like the noble support character I think is very cool and Amulek's a very clear one I think Zizrum's my clear winner that's what that's my two I was and I don't with. mean that in like ooh he got out it's like no he saw he saw what they were talking about and not and not immediately pompous of like no like repent He's like, guys, you have to let them go. You know, he's arguing for other people. Right. Um, and then I think loser, I, I think Nihor finally lost. <laughs> I mean, he died, but this was truly like a, the, the, the problem with Nihor comes back to haunt them, but it finally is over. It's like, okay, um, Nihor is not going to continue haunting this people because now all of their followers are dead. <laughs> Um, but that, that but it says that they go back as soon as they leave that those people just go back to their ways. Like Ammonihah isn't saved. No, but it's about to be destroyed. Yeah. So it so I guess Nihor hasn't lost yet. Okay. So my actual loser would be that chief judge then. Yeah. I, I just think people of Ammonihah in general were the biggest losers. I guess here. a loser here and and people will be mad for me saying this, but the people thrown into the fire probably I would consider losers. Uh that sucks. Yeah. Like, and you know Amulek or Alma be like yeah but they go to the Heavenly Father it's like yeah but so does everyone so like yeah. it still sucks that they had to die like that that's not All a right. great way to die uh, and then the record keepers of Ammonihah I guess would also be losers like you're gonna throw them in the fire what do you <laughs> I st- it took so long I was writing that whole time <laughs> so maybe they were burning it to like that there's no record that we did this that could be true. That would be maybe yeah. an interesting take. And again, you start realizing that they must have been writing things not on golden plates at some point. Because right. you can't throw plates into the fire and be like, oh, it's over. It's like, no, it's still there. They're, they're fine. Well, you can melt gold, can't you? Doesn't gold melt pretty easily? I don't, you know? But what kind of fire are we talking about? Is this like a metal forge? I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> well, that's the end of our episode. Okay. Uh, Go eat some chocolate or something yeah. after this one. <laughs> Brownies? Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh I just finished the end of Harry Potter four and then uh listened to a uh, the binge mode the normal binge mode not the Book of Mormon binge mode, uh the kind of um idea for this podcast they just finished uh book six and uh, yeah life can be hard even like stories life is hard yeah um and, and a lot of how I think I felt about like nine eleven and a lot of like it like things that are just hard to imagine that kind of loss of life brought up here i think and, sure. and and i i don't think there's as many of this kind of thing in the bible where there's lots of brutality but it's like almost worshiped here it's like this is just bad like, yeah there's no one won here it's just like no country for old men type stuff where it's like this is just a dark world that we live in yeah i think it's important i, I think that it is important to sit in that for a while yeah. and like because this is the, to me this is why like the church's videos don't resonate very well because they don't ever sit in the hard things very long and the darkness. Yeah. And yeah. so for the stuff to be really uplifting and powerful, that needs to be there. Yeah. Well, so. and Christ coming to this people means something to the people who've gone through. This, yeah. They've gone know, through like, awful, awful stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I really like, I mean, 
obviously you're listening to a show about the Book of Mormon. But I think the Book of Mormon is really good to consider. That's why I don't like speed reading. That's why I don't like just reading verses or little vignettes. Is because you have to like let it sit and be like, are they good? Are they bad? Who's good in this story? Who's bad in this story? Right. Alma's the only one that I can see that like is clearly good because he was bad. Every other good guy, it's like even Jacob, who I really like Jacob's writings, he delighted that that guy got killed. Yeah. Uh-huh. You don't feel like Alma's like happy about anyone dying. So. Yeah. That's good that's stuff. Uh, send us uh, epistles if epistles. you want to talk to us. I hope uh, we convert more people to our church. No, just kidding. <laughs> I know that she's a uh, follow me, come follow me down the rabbit hole girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She's I got totally the, I, I finished my, uh, my uh, social media fast. He's back on. Yeah. We can all start tweeting again, everyone. Brian's back. <laughs> it was good. I like it. I yeah. wish that... I think we should do that more often as a church. Yeah? Like little social media fasts. I like looking at it, though. I I think... I don't think it's like, it should be a commandment. I don't think that you should do it out of like, oh, I've been asked to wish I should do it. I think it's very interesting to see how your attitude changes as you stop looking at social media. My attitude in... in it's like, oh, life's not so bad. You were much more tolerable for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, have a good day. Like I said last time. Great one. Have a good one. <laughs> Top of the morning. Top of the morning. <laughs> and like Samwise said, can't quit you, Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quit. Goodbye, guys.